Welcome to the Solomon Show. My name is Solomon Buckley. I am the Apostolic Leader of the Fresh Wind International Mission Space Incorporated. For more information about Fresh Wind International, you can email freshwindinternational at gmail.com. Again, for more information about Fresh Wind International, you can email freshwindinternational at gmail.com. This morning, Bishop Clay, God bless you, sir. Amen. Happy to have you. All right. So today we're going to talk about people need new life in Christ. How many know that we're on a journey in this hour? Amen. How many know we're on a journey? The Lord has us on a journey. Yes. And it starts, that journey starts at the cross. I was awakened about... Uh, about a couple months ago and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to teach on Jesus Christ, the Savior. And I said, what? He said, I want you to teach on Jesus Christ, the Savior. I was awakened. And, I, and you know, we quote that verse all the time. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, I want that reality in my people in this hour to know who they are. And where, where they're going, what they're doing. And so this morning as we pray, as we go to the Lord in prayer, I want you just to position your heart before the Lord today. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this atmosphere today. Come on, lift up your hands. We thank you, Father, for the atmosphere today. That the atmosphere is charged with your presence and with your power and with your glory today. And Lord, I thank you for those that are going to hear the word of the Lord today that's going to come forth today. I thank you, Father, that yokes are going to be destroyed, that, that people are going to be healed and delivered and set free today. God, I thank you that those that are in challenging situations, oh God, today that they're going to hear a word that comes from you, oh God, and their lives are going to be forever changed. Lord, I thank you even now for your presence and your power and your glory today, God. God, I thank you, Father, that the, that the word of the Lord would not fall on deaf ears, but God, on ears that are ready to receive, oh God. And Father, I thank you today for fresh life touching those that, are, that, that, that need to know you today, God, but also those that just need a refresher today, God. Yes. And so, Father, I pray right now for your presence to fall. I come against death and dumb spirits in the name of Jesus. Those that don't want to hear the word of the Lord. I come against any, anything that would try to distract us from hearing today. Distract us. I come against the spirit of distraction in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. That it comes. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for that distractions got to go in the name of Jesus. Father, we're here to be trained by you, not to be entertained, but to be trained by you. So, Father, I thank you for your presence invading this place, invading our lives, God. In the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just wait in the presence of the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yandala kura basabakaye, oh mandala la masura babakashiko, nandala la bokushoboko ya sikiyandala baya. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. The Lord says, uh, the Lord says, there's someone that is in need of a miracle, and God says, I'm going to begin to perform myself. I'm going to be the surgeon. In the midst of your life, I'm going to be the surgeon in the midst of this particular situation. There's a situation that's surrounding you where you need the hand of the Lord. And I hear God saying, even now, he says, I'm going to be the surgeon and I'm going to begin to fix that situation for you, says God. God says, you've been asking You've been asking, where's the remedy? And I hear the spirit of the Lord saying that I'm going to begin to be, to be the remedy in the midst of your situation. And I hear the spirit of the Lord say, trust me, believe me. I'm going to prove myself to you, says the Lord. I'm going to prove myself to you that I am the Lord your God and I'm the one that rectifies situations. I'm the God that rectifies situations. And so, Father, I thank you even now for the rectifying of a major situation in the name of Jesus. Now, for those that don't understand, um, I just uh, gave a message in tongues and brought forth the interpretation. And um, that's what New Testament Christians can do that are filled with the power of the filled with the power of the Spirit. So I just gave a message in tongues. And get brought forth the message and the interpretation with the gift of prophecy to reveal what the Spirit of the Lord was releasing uh, in another tongue in English. Does that make sense? All right, let's go to the Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, people need new life in Christ. So if you're taking notes, you're going to be writing a lot of scriptures today. I am a prophet slash teacher. So a lot of times when, when I come to minister, I tell people, bring a notebook with you. Bring a notebook with you. I'm not an entertainer. I don't come to preach to you to uh, hoop and holler. If you think you're gonna get a hoop and holler message, that's not me today. And so um, I, I wanna equip you so that you can be all that you need to be in Christ Jesus. So people need new life in Christ. Man calls sin an accident. God calls it an abomination. Man calls sin a blunder. God calls it blindness. Man calls sin a weakness. God calls it willfulness. That was in Christian Digest. Sin is willful disobedience of God's law. That law was given not to make man miserable, but as instructions from our maker on how to live life at his best. 
Man, however, in wanting to be God, a God unto himself, chose to rebel and disobey. As a result, the scriptures give us a perspective, God's perspective on sin. Say sin, S-I-N. Somebody say sin. S-I-N. We're going to do a lot of interaction this morning. So we're going to turn first to Romans 3 and 23. Romans 3 and 23. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue to go forward. Romans 3 and 23. So Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's read that again. For all have sinned and done what? Of what? Of the glory of God. Let's jump down to the footnote. Uh, I'm going to read this footnote to you. No one will ever reach God's standard of absolute moral perfection and be worthy of his glory on his own. Therefore, if there is to be any salvation, it must come in another way. Now let's drop down to verse 24 of, the, of Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. Being justified freely by his what? His grace. Through the redemption that is in who? Christ Jesus. We've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But in order to be redeemed by the hand, from the hand of the enemy, there has to be a covenant. We see covenant in the Old Testament, right? Right? Covenant was fulfilled, right? Okay, we're under grace. But just like we're under grace, grace is a covenant. Amen? Grace is a covenant. We're standing in God's unmerited grace and what? Mercy. Okay, so being free, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are redeemed from the hand of the enemy, right? And we have redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So when you go to redeem uh, that coupon at a, at a store or whatever, you are redeeming that for something, right? So just like Jesus redeemed us and our lives are not our own, amen? Once we get saved, amen? amen. Okay? Every person is a sinner. Every person is a sinner, okay? But there has to be a relationship, Amen? Let's go to Romans 7 and 23. Romans 7 and 23. 
Everybody there? But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Let's read that again. But I see another law in my members Warring against the law of the mind and bringing me into the law, into the captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Let's dissect that for a minute. How many want to dissect that for a minute? Tear it apart. We're going to tear it apart this morning. Because as I was studying this, I said, wow, wow, God, wow. That's why it's important for teaching. See, if the enemy can destroy anything within the ecclesia, ecclesia, the only thing that means is God's governmental body, God's governmental army, God's legislative army in the earth, which we are the ecclesia of God. Ecclesia, don't get hung up on that. That's a governmental term. Ecclesia, that's where the church is supposed to be, a governmental body, a governmental legislative body in the kingdom of God legislating the kingdom of the earth. Okay? So let's dissect this verse here. But before I go down and dissect this verse, one thing that the enemy wants to do to the church, he wants to blind our eyes. Those of us that are on the inside, he wants to blind our eyes so that we cannot see and we cannot hear. And one of the ways that we cannot uh, see and cannot hear, guess what it's by? The spirit of entertainment. The spirit of watering down the word of God. The spirit of not wanting to hear truth. And there are people that are in countless churches all over this world. Now, I'm not to judge, but I'm just telling the truth. They don't want to hear truth. They want to hear fables. They want to hear fairy tales, but they don't want to hear truth. And that's why there's a large exodus because people are beginning to find out that, that they've been in a circus for a long time and they don't know where to turn to. So let's dissect this verse. And I'm going to say this publicly. Anybody that's in a church where there is more performance than there is the word of God, I would run from those places. Because the word of God is what's going to sustain you at the, in, the, in, in, the, in, in the times that we're living in currently. Entertainment is not going to sustain you. If you're going to have new life in Christ, you're going to have to know what this word says. You're going to have to know what this word stands for. You're going to have to know why you're a part of the army of the Lord that you're a part of. Amen? I know I don't get a lot of amens for that, and I, I'm not looking for, for them either. But what I am saying this morning is we got to get prepared. we got to prepare an army for the coming of the king. So let's dissect this verse in verse 23. Paul relates to his own experience as a Christian to teach this lesson. That the law cannot deliver one who is struggling against sin. 
While the law can enlighten one's conscience, it is powerless to produce holiness of life. The fault, however, is not with the law of God, which is spiritual. The fault is with the law of sin. The indwelling of human nature which rebels against God's law. According to this view, Paul declares that he is carnal, a creature of his flesh, sold under sin, in captivity to sin. Throughout this life, a conflict goes against between the new nature and the old. But there's a, there's a way of victory. Christ frees us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many want freedom? How many wants, wants real freedom? How you get real freedom as a, as a new believer in the Lord Jesus, or as a believer that's been seasoned, is deliverance. I know we don't like that word. <laughs> deliverance. How many are in a constant process of being delivered? I know I am. I'm not going to sit up here and, 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 and act like that. I'm in a constant battle. And if you're not in a constant battle, then you're not in this body. <laughs> if you're not in a constant battle, you're not in, a, you're not in life at all. <laughs> you're a robot. Let's turn to John chapter 3, verse 18. You can laugh, it's funny. Let's not be religious here. John chapter 3 and verse 18. So we're going to talk about how sin condemns all people. John 3 and 18. But he who believes in him is not, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned, okay, already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Who is, who, question, who is the only begotten Son of God? Who? Who? Bishop Buckley said it. Who is the only begotten Son of God? Who? Who? I'm asking you a question. Who is the only begotten Son of God? Bishop Buckley even already asked the question, but who, who, what's his name? Jesus. Okay, thank you. So let's break this verse apart. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he that does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus. Wow. As I was researching this verse, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, I've heard this talk thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And now the light bulb finally came on. How many have had that aha moment as you was reading the word of God? How many? But sin condemns all people. 
Okay, let's let's go to Ephesians 4 and 18. So sin hardens the hearts of people. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Let's look at that verse. So there are five traits. There are five traits of a worldly walk that are summed up in the word. There's emptiness. There's purposelessness. There's a darkened understanding. There's an alienation from God. An ignorance of God's ways. A hardened heart and an unfeeling state. Basically, in a nutshell, what this verse is telling us is that those that are darkened, that, that under, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, basically, they have a, they cease to care. How many have met people that are, are not saved, that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. And there's a, there's, there's a hardness on them that they cease to care. Well, you know what? I want to say this to you. There's some believers that are, in the, that are inside of churches right as we speak. And their hearts are hardened. They accepted the Lord at one time, but yet their heart, their heart is hardened toward their neighbor, toward their family, toward, toward people in the body of Christ, toward community. And I want to tell you, there is a revival of the spirit coming where God is bringing the church back to his knees. And the Lord's saying, ooh, I see your heart. I see, I, I hear what you're thinking, and you cease to care, beloved. The Lord said, I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking at your mindset. I'm even looking at the, uh, at the fact that you can't be transparent enough with me. <laughs> so people need new life in Christ. So we talked about people need new life in Christ. Well, we're talking about those that are on the on that that are unbelievers, but guess what, you guys? We need new life in Christ, and we need that every day. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and touch us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and revive us. You know, the enemy wants to tell you not to come to church. The enemy wants to tell you not to be a part of community. The enemy wants to tell you not to pray. The enemy
wants to tell you to alienate yourself from community, to alienate yourself from the brothers and sisters uh, that are that are that are that are in community that you're in community with. The enemy wants to tell you to walk away and never return. The enemy wants to tell you all these things. And I, I just want to just throw these notes to the side for a minute and just minister today. The enemy wants to tell us so many things. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? I know the enemy tried to get in my head. I can be transparent, try to get in my head and say, you know what? Give up. Forget about it. And as I begin to go in the word of God, I said, no, I can't give up. I refuse to give up. I'm a part of the army of the Lord. I've been anointed for such a time as this. I've been anointed for such a time as this. There are generations after generations after generations that need the word of the Lord. And I'm anointed to give it. You know, when Sister Freeman walks through this door as a, as a teacher in this house, as one of, the, one of the pastors here in this church, in teaching, you know, she comes through this door. She could say, well, you know what? I'm in, I'm in my mid-70s, and I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the town. I'm ready to go to the retirement village in Hawaii somewhere and live. And... and <laughs> And sing in the sweet by and by. We will meet on a beautiful shore. But she said, you know what? For God I live and for God I die. That's an example of a person that's living life in Christ. You know, when I walk in the doors every day in the marketplace that I work in, I need to remember the word of God. I need to meditate on God's word, which I do daily. I need to meditate on God's word so when, when those different things happen and when, when, when it's hard to work in the marketplace, when, when I feel like I just want to give up, I can lock into God's word. Amen? Amen. I can say I am more than an overcomer. <laughs> I'm telling you that we need new life. We need new life. You know, Last week we were uh, we weren't here in the building, but we were we were worshiping and uh, we we did virtual last week. And as we were studying the word, God sent me to Ecclesiastes chapter three last week, and I began to just begin to prophesy to us as a house of what God is saying to us as a spiritual as a spiritual family. You know what? I'm going to be obedient to Holy Spirit. We're just going to go there. We're going to go there today. And the, the Lord just began to speak to me in Ephesians, and not Ephesians, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I began to, to go through there. And I said, Lord, a lot of times we, we um, a lot of times, Lord, we hear this at a funeral. And we hear this at, a, who has Ecclesiastes chapter 3? Because I'm in a whole other world right now. I need somebody to read um, we hear this at a funeral and we're like, okay, time to be born and time to die. But God gave a revelation last week about that particular verse and, uh, and I was just like, just start reading. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, 
A time to be born and a time to die. Stop right there. Decree, this is my time to be born. Come on, say that out loud. This is my time to be born. And this is also my time to die to some things. There's some things that got to die in my members. That's talking about in my own flesh. Okay, next verse. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to... Whoa, go back, go back, go back. You're going to be one of those sanctified church leaders. So go go back to the, the first part. A time part. to plant and a time to uproot. Stop right there. I must tell you, some of you are going to be planting some things in this season. The Lord says you're going to be planting some things just like a gardener goes in and puts... Uh, puts dirt down and puts seed down and water and tills the ground. The Lord says, this is going to be an hour that you're going to plant some things. That means some businesses that God has put on the inside of you, you got to plant them in this season. Some business plans that God's giving you, you got to, you got to be obedient and start writing down what he's telling you. God's telling you to plant some things that are going to bring change in society. Bring change in society. It's going to change the course of your life. But also, there's some stuff that got to be uprooted. Yeah, yeah. Uprooted. Prophetic uprooting. God's going to begin to show you. He's going to say, mm, I don't want you in a relationship with, with this person. Mm, I don't want you building a business partnership with this person. Mm, this is not the place where you're supposed to go in this season. Um, there's some things that I'm going to cause you to uproot. I even see some people actually uprooting to certain areas, certain areas where uh, you never thought that you would go to this particular area. Um, uh, uproot you to certain areas, certain places, certain people, put you among certain companies of people. I'm prophesying as, uh, as, as we're reading the scripture. Next verse, please. A time to kill and a time to heal. Okay, stop right there. A time to what? Kill. A time to what? Kill. Kill and a time to? Heal. Heal. There's some things that emotional, there's some emotional stuff that has happened that you're going to have to work through. There was, a, there was a killing of your emotions. There was, a, there was a killing of your emotions. And God is saying, there's someone here that was a killing of your emotions. But God says right now, there's a healing and a stitching up that's happening to your emotions. Yeah, yeah. You won't walk around like that again. Because God is healing you from emotional baggage. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Just reach up and receive that that's for you. Hallelujah. But also there's some killing of some things, which means some death to some things in order for some making of some new things. Behold, he does all things new. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, sometimes you got to minister to yourself. you got to get the word out and begin to minister to yourself. Hallelujah. I wouldn't be able to minister to you today because if, uh, if if I didn't have a, a mindset to kill some stuff, and I'm still killing some stuff. <laughs> I'm still killing some stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just find myself saying, you know what, Solomon? This is where, where you're at. This is where you're going. You know what? 
a time to be born and a time to die. There's some things, there's some chapters that got to end. But there's also some chapters that got to begin. Amen? Amen. Next verse, please. A time to tear down and a time to build. Come on now. Mm. Come on now. Come on now. Rock of salvation. This is our time to build. This is our time to build. We've been here since 1993. Some of us been here since the very beginning. Some of us are here, have been here, you know, Bishop and I, we've been here 13 years, you know, and we've been faithful, we've been faithful, we've been faithful. And God said, now it's time to arise and build again. Yeah, that means you can't be afraid to pull out a new blueprint. That means we cannot be afraid to move in a new dimension of the glory of God. That means we cannot be afraid of, of what happened in the past. The past was the past. That means we cannot be afraid of what people are going to think as we begin to build. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That means that we cannot be afraid. We got to see with eyes of the Spirit for the future. I'm, I'm constantly saying, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Where are we going? How are we moving? And you got to prophesy that into your family line that you about to build. We about to build. This family is coming out of debt. This family is coming into, we're going to come into multi-level wealth. We're going to come into vision. We're going to come into victory. Come on now. We're going to raise the standard in this family. You know, you have to start prophesying over your children and saying, my children, are going to build. They're going to plant. They're going to uproot. They're going to tear down. You know, I started prophesying, you know, at a very early age. I was prophesying, you know, at a very early age. You didn't even know I was prophesying. I was seeing things <laughs> in the spirit realm. And my mother kept telling me, my biological mother kept telling me, she kept saying, Solomon, you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. You know what? She was uprooting all the things that the doctors had said. That I wasn't going to do this, wasn't going to do that, wasn't going to do this. And she was saying, devil, you a lie. This is what God said about my, uh, about my son. He's going to do this. He's going to make an impact on society. He's going to do this. And he's going to do that. And I will not die before my time. And somebody needs to hear that too because the enemy tries to uh, put all kind of stuff to tell you you're not going to make it till you're 50. You're not going to make it to be 60. You're not going to make it to be 70. You're not going to make it to be 80. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. You are going to make it. You're going to live long term. And you're going to execute. And you're going to stand in the report of the Lord. Next verse, please. A time to weep and a time to laugh. This is our time to rejoice. This is our time to rejoice. You know, Rodney Howard Brown used to say back during the, the revival of 93 when, when revival broke out in Lakeland, Florida, he used to say, welcome to Joe's Bar where the drinks are on the house. Well, you know what? This is my time to laugh. I done cried so much. I done cried so much. I have cried so much. But this is my time to laugh. Right. 
I refuse to be sad anymore. You know, I don't care what the church thinks. I don't care what the people in the church think. Come on now. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I don't care what nobody thinks. Come on, bro. You know, it's a time to laugh. Yeah. You know, I had to face some giants. You know, I was talking to Bishop the other day, and we talk a lot. And so I was sharing with Bishop about an, uh, about a person that really hurt me in the body of Christ, and I thought I was over it. Mm. I thought I was over it. And this person inboxed me about a couple weeks ago and said, I just want you to know that I'm terminally ill. And in my mind, I'm going to be transparent. I know we have visitors here, but I'm going to be transparent. Y'all know how I am. I'm very transparent. I wanted to say, to, I wanted to send a note back to the person and say, why are you, why are you inboxing me? I don't want to hear nothing about your story. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks. And he said, Solomon, I want you to read through this person's thing. And I said, Lord. And the Lord just began to break my heart. And the Lord said, this person hurt you. And you thought you was over it. But deeply, you have carried that around since she was 18 years old. And I'm, I'm 36 now, about to be 37. And God said, you carried this around. And I said, God, I began to call my prayer partner and I told her, I said, you know, I said, Minister Sandra, I said, I, I've been weeping about this person, even though I accepted this person wholeheartedly and I haven't shown any ill. But when this thing came up, it broke my heart. And then the person turned around and sent me an apology video. And at first, when I saw the apology video, I said, Lord, I don't need this video. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, Sonny, that video is for you. Because this person was part of the reason that you don't trust the church. Mm. Part of the reason that, that I don't that, that I'm very, not very up close with leaders in the body of Christ. Y'all know how I am. He said it stemmed all the way back to when you were 18 years old and that experience happened in the church, in the place where you were supposed to be cared for and loved on. And you were damaged and you've been, and, and you actually accepted the person while you while you in your heart Come on, bro. You, avo you, you avoided the hurt but you openly smiled oh bless the Lord sister it's so good to see you but deep on the inside you wanted to cut him Come on now. I'm talking about with your words not with a knife yep. but with your words and God told me he said Solomon I want you to forgive this person. And so I talked to my prayer partner and I told her, I said, she really hurt me and it took me this long to really work. I just kind of brushed it off. But when this person sent me a note, I was like, why do you want me to pray for you? And God, God spoke to me, he said, you ought to be honored that this person Amen. 
wanted you to pray for them. And then he took me back to my past, to my past, when I was 15 years old in this very church, the very first time this person met me, she came up to me and said, you are a prayer warrior. And she's this lady that didn't know me from Adam, the very first time she met me, said, you are a prayer warrior and you're anointed. And God began to, to show me all the times that this person began to speak life into me. And I began to laugh and rejoice. And I said, God, while this person spiritually abused me, God, you used this person to speak life into me. And so that outweighed all of the foolishness that that one or two situations that happened overrode all of that. So let me tell you, we are uprooting some things, but we also planting some things. The Lord made me go to this person that even spoke back in November when God blessed me with a certain position that Minister Opal had spoke and told me. She said, go to the place you have the job. She didn't know that she was hearing from the Lord. The Lord was using her to speak to me. But this lady that asked me for prayer, that had hurt me really bad, she was one of the first people to tell me back when I first got into my career. She said, Solomon, whatever you do, go to this particular place. They will hire you on the spot because you are male. Number two, that not only will, and we're not going to go into details of what that is because it's nobody's business, but the Lord began to speak and he said, look at all the times that I used this person to, to, to speak into your life despite the hurt. Know that you're planted today because of the the, imparta the impartation that that person spoke into your life. Yes, come on now. Now some things is uprooting out of them and look at you. God has planted you for such a time as this. And the very person that 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 treated you in a very ugly way, God is, I hate to say it, there's an uprooting that's happening with them. So I gotta warn you prophetically, be careful of how you treat you. Be careful. Folks look at me and the first thing they say, oh. He's weird. Yeah, I am weird. I'm very weird. Sometimes I have to ask myself, what planet did I land off today? Yeah, I'm very weird. Come on now. But one thing I can't say, I love God. I'm peculiar. I'm peculiar. I'm peculiar. I don't preach like everybody else. And my bishop, Bishop James Payne, told me, he said, you keep on preaching the way that you preach because God's going to use you to win folks to Jesus Christ. And I don't minister to thousands of folks. The unique, peculiar one has ministered to thousands of people. And the very one that you least expect, I have ministered to in countries that some of you have never even been to. <laughs> and I haven't gone on an airplane to minister there. I've been to Pakistan and ministered to the underground church. I've ministered to the Nigerians. 
I have ministered to those in Thailand. I've ministered to people from all over the world. The very one that people look over and say, oh, he ain't nobody. He ain't nothing. God has used me to release impact all over the world. You know, one of my spiritual daughters is a princess in Nigeria. Am I right, Luan? One of my spiritual daughters is, a, is, is she's one of the licensed ministers in, in the network that I'm the apostle over. And she flies me in from time to time just to minister the word of the Lord to her and to producers and to those that are in the entertainment mountain. So I want to tell you, God is going to plant you but watch as God uproots some people out of your life. Next verse, please. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Yeah. Hallelujah. You're going to take off those mourning clothes and you're going to begin to rejoice. This is the time we've come through COVID. We have come through COVID. We are, we are coming forth out of some things. And it's going to be a time the Lord says, that we're going to begin to dance again. And I'm not just talking about just dancing in church. But we're just, we're going to, God's beginning to free. Some of your minds are going to be free in this next season to do, to do projects that you were afraid to do with the COVID situation. But God is going to free you. And I heard the Lord say to me the other day, personally, he says, Solomon, I'm freeing you again to be sociable again. And I said, sociable, Lord. I've always been sociable. He said, during this, during the COVID restrictions, you boxed yourself in a bubble. You got in your bubble again. That's what the Lord spoke to me. And then he said, I did that with many of my intercessors, many of my prophets, many of my apostles, many of my pastors, teachers, evangelists. God had to close us up, close our churches for a minute to deal with us. But we're not going to stay in that same place. Amen. Next verse, please. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather. Stones. This is a time for us to gather. <laughs> There's a song, an old Maranatha, uh, a Maranatha music song that Lamont is, is going to kill me once I see it. But it ain't open. You might remember it's called, As we, got, as we gather, may your spirit rest among us. We have come to glorify your name. And then na 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 We'll be blessed because we came. We'll be blessed because we came. I know the whole I know the whole all the words do, but I just went went blank. Next next verse, please. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. <laughs> There's some, there's some situations that you're going to embrace, and there's going to be some situations that you're going to unbrace. Uh-huh. The Lord says there's going to be some connections that you're going to make, and there's going to be some connections that you're going to break. Next verse. A time to search and a time to give up. Mm. A time to? Search and a time to give up. Mm-hmm. My God. These are the type of situations that God is going to put you before in this season. Next verse. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Mm -hmm. That includes people. That includes groups. That includes organizations sometimes. 
kind of you guys know my story. Uh, there was an organization that I was a part of for a very long time, and God said, throw them away. <laughs> he said, throw them away. And since I have not looked back, it's hurt me to walk away, but I've gained more now than I did by keeping. Next verse. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to tear and a time to mend. There are some things that you're going to have to rip it apart in order to mend it back together again. God is a mender, but sometimes there's going to be some things that's going to be tore all the way up. Next verse. A time to be silent and a time to speak. There's going to be a time where you're just going to have to shut your mouth and be quiet. And then there's a time where you're going to have to be like Simon Birch and open your mouth in the midst of the situation. Come on now. And see, there are, there are sometimes uh, where God tells you to be silent. And sometimes we speak when he said, be quiet. I remember a Sister Kara back uh, this past December, and Prophet Lawano and Minister Freeman knows as well, there was a situation where I got all in my feelings. I got all in my emotions about, about, uh, about a certain situation. And it could have damaged the relationship. Am I right? It could have damaged the relationship. And nobody's, nobody on my intercession team, because whenever we have gatherings and events, I have a strong intercession team that prays for me. Nobody on the intercession team even said, you know, Apostle Solomon, um, right now we need prayer with you. Didn't nobody say nothing. You know, I'm like, okay, the intercessors are made, but back at me, you know, what's going on, you know? And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit, we were, we were in the parking garage at, uh, on our way to Jack Stats that evening, and the Holy Spirit just began to just light into me. And he said, I just began to weep. And I, and I said, Lord, why am I weeping? And he said, Solomon, he said, I really needed you to be quiet about some things. And you got really, 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 you got in the Solomon mode. And you got really upset about some things. And he said, before the meeting, he said, it was a business meeting. He said, I'm going to show you the hearts of these leaders, really their hearts. I said, Lord, he said, and I'm going to show you how to handle situations from now on when it comes to uh, you being upset and you processing and learning how to process through this. Is this helping somebody? Amen. Learning how to process through. And so I had to repent to the leader. And I repent. I said, you know what? I had a wrong attitude and I was tired. I was mentally exhausted. And I kind of, I kind of said some things that wasn't too nice. And, you know, I was tired, I was drained. And God began to, to heal me by me just being silent before him and saying, God, this is where I'm at. And God, I need you to forgive me. Next verse, please. A time to love and a time to Okay, so we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. That does not mean that 
that you're, you're, you're hating your loved ones because they sin differently from you. That don't mean you throwing your kids out the house because your son got a hold to a black mom, okay? That doesn't mean throwing your son and daughter out the house or alienating your son or your daughter because they're part of the LGBTQIA community, hello? That doesn't mean alienating your son and daughter because they got an issue with their, uh, with drugs, okay? Or they can think of the different issues here, amen? Okay, and so we love what God loves and we hate what God hates, but we're not discrediting people. That doesn't mean that the God that we serve does not serve, partial, uh, does not serve partiality toward, this, toward people. Is that helpful? Okay, next verse. A time for war and a time for peace. A time for war and a time for peace. Okay. There is a time to war. There's been times where as a church we've had to war, not against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities. And there's been times in this particular house where we went into strong intercession because the enemy was fighting someone in the house. The enemy was fighting us corporately as a collective group. And then there's been times where we come in here and worship and it was just, we could just feel the embrace, the peace of God, amen? There's been a time of war, but there's also been a time of peace. I'm telling you, we're in a war. We're in a war right now. We're in a war for the glory of God. We're in a war for his presence. We're in a war. We're in a war for, for biblical truth to be revealed. We're in a war. We're in a war, but I tell you, there's also a revival of peace coming. I didn't mean to be up here this long, but as Bishop, as my father said, just obey the spirit. Amen. You know what? I'm going to tell you, we're in an hour where God is transforming us. Amen. And I must tell you, in that transformation, it ain't easy. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It's, it's not easy, but it is worth it. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you today. Hallelujah. I thank you for your word today. I thank you that it came forth with demonstration and with power today. I thank you, Lord, for those that have come into this room. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus, to receive from you today. Hallelujah. I see some, uh, I see a picture of keys. Um, there is someone that is, I don't know if you're looking for a property or uh, there's something that you're looking for that that, um, that means keys or is this, is this a job or this is a door that you're trying, uh, that you've been trying to get open. But I see, uh, I see a, a big old thing of keys. Who, you don't have to put your hand up who that is. Um, I also hear the Lord saying, there is someone that has applied for a, or is thinking about applying for a position of management within a specific company. And the Lord says you've been uh, denied and it's been like, just like you've been overlooked for this particular position. 
And I hear the Lord saying, God's going to begin to open up a door, a position for you um, in a management position and a supervisor role. And I hear the Lord saying that this is going to be a time uh, where God is going, you're not basically, you're not basically qualified for this position, but God's going to bring you into this position. And I hear the Lord saying that don't go by your conscience, but God says I'm going to give you favor to walk in this uh, position. And the Lord says it's going to have the benefits that's going to be necessary for you. And also God says I'm going to bring a change to you and your surroundings, says the Lord. I also hear the Lord saying that favor is coming to knock you down. Favor is going to knock you down. You've been faithful in some major, 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 major levels. And God says, I'm going to begin. Favor is going to knock you down. And because favor is not fair, you're going to begin to walk in a, in a new grace and a new glory in your life, says the Lord. But the Lord says that your friends have walked these doors. They've walked in these particular gates of favor, but the Lord says you're going to walk in these gates of favor. Hallelujah. The Lord's healing someone uh, from back pain. Uh, I see back pain all the way in the, in the lower part of the back. The Lord is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you right now, God, even for that. And the Lord says that I want you uh, to begin to activate by faith. And uh, whoever that is that's having back pain, I want you to begin to test your back even now. Uh, that pain level is going down in the name of Jesus. We thank you even now, even now, even now, even now, even now. Hallelujah. Somebody's blood pressure is being uh, healed and regulated right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You've been having intense headaches, feeling like you're going to fall out. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you for the intense healing that is taking place today. Hallelujah. If there's any needs that are here, um, hallelujah, any needs for prayer today, just come on 